You're listening to the Winsight Podcast Network. How do you get a popular local concept ready for prime time? Hello, this is Jonathan Mays, Editor-in-Chief of Restaurant Business. And in this week's episode of A Deeper Dive, I speak with Greg Voinovich, a longtime development executive who bought Hot Dog Shop two years ago. Greg has had a long career in the restaurant industry and used to head developed for Popeyes and then Arby's as it formed Inspire Brands. He has since taken on the an 80-year-old hot dog and fries concept out of Youngstown, Ohio, called the Hot Dog Shop, which has a trio of very busy locations. Greg believes this concept can expand and has spent the past couple of years getting it ready to franchise. He talks about why he thinks that this brand can go into other markets. He talks about what he has done to get the concept ready, how the brand can translate its Ohio success to places like Florida, and what kind of locations the concept can go into. I also ask him if the world is ready for another hot dog concept. It is a fascinating conversation talking about a local concept being taken national, so please have a listen. All right, I am here with Greg Voinovich. Greg, welcome to the podcast, sir. Hey, Jonathan, how are you? I'm, I am okay. Living the yeah. dream, to use a quote from you, actually. From yeah. Anyway, so, uh, sir, tell us a little bit about the hot dog shop. What are you doing with that? Yeah, so it's uh, a hot dog shop is interesting. It's, uh, it's a Youngstown institution, right? So um, this is a little family-owned business, uh, multiple locations. It was founded in 1946. So... John, that means it's older than In-N-Out, it's older than McDonald's. Um, it's been around a long time. It was, you know, family business, and they had three different locations. Each location had a slightly different name, slightly different operation. You know, the, the, the founder, there were seven siblings, five brothers and two sisters. Five of the siblings have been involved in this business over the years. The two siblings that have not been involved in this business left and created their own hot dog restaurants. I mean, the Midwest is, uh, you know, that's the hot spot for hot dogs. I mean, um, and they got to a point where the second generation, only uh, one member of the original seven siblings still was living. And the second generation was getting older. And they literally sat around a table and said, if, if one of us dies, we can't run this business. So they needed to sell it to somebody. And it was important to them. You know, this is uh, the, these restaurants, they've been in these communities for almost 80 years, you know, they're part of the community. And, and, you know, I like to say, I'm fond of saying I own the business, but the restaurants belong to the community. And so I ended up just buying these restaurants, you know, and, and thinking we could do something with it. So the last two and a half years have been uh, fun and exciting, <laughs> not necessarily I was in a good way. And I think now we've got, uh, uh, you know, what I bought was a very complex family business, independent restaurant, you know, without any systems or, consistency. And I think now I've got to the point where after about two and a half years, we're streamlined and ready to go. And, and as I mentioned to you last week, we're doing our first deal in Florida, south of Tampa. So we're getting ready to expand. And it's it's a fun concept. John, we sell a chili dog for $1.49. And it's just, I mean, and it's a great chili dog. It's, it's a freshly steamed bun. The chili is nicely flavored. And we don't charge, you know, the chili is kind of a premium sauce in a lot of places. We don't charge for chili. And um, we have the best French fries in America. We cut our fries fresh on site. I think our fries, I, I will tell you, head to head, our fries are better than In-N-Out. We, we fry our fries in beef tallow. 
which makes our fries better than Five Guys, um, and they're dynamite. And um, you know, we make our cheese sauce. We use not too far from where you are right at this moment. We buy our cheese sauce across the state line in Wisconsin. We get 30 pound blocks of cheddar cheese. We make our cheese sauce every day. And, you know, it's a very simple concept to execute. You know, as I was kind of one of the attractions is some of these concepts I've been involved with, let's say, you know, Popeye's, that's a very complex, you're, you know, you're handling raw chicken, you know, you're battering and frying, you're making biscuits all day long in Bojangles, you know, you're creating biscuits, but this concept is just, it's fun. It's super simple. We've got great quality food. We've got a real good value proposition. And I think now it's time for us to start kind of growing a little bit. Mm -hmm. How did you come across the concept? You were, you were looking for something to purchase. What, what was, what was the, uh, you know, what was your mindset? Well, it's interesting, Jonathan, because, you know, I'd mentioned to you at that time that I was looking at a much larger, I had an LOI on a, let's call it a 500 unit plus concept that had been slowly dying for a couple of decades. And it's, it's a very different kind of deal. And when COVID came in, that particular brand uh, all of a sudden started doing very well. They're still continuing to like close restaurants every year. And, uh, you know, uh, this kind of came to me, it was uh, being brokered, you know, on the internet and um, took a look at it and, and, you know, and whenever anyone shows you a small concept like this, I say, run away, don't do it. It's bad news. But this has been so durable. I mean, it's, it's, you know, what we're going through now, this business has survived this for 80 years, right? So think of any, you know, gas shocks, the two gas shocks, Vietnam War, the, you know, all, all this stuff that's going on, the, you know, hyperinflation in the 80s, it survived all that and thrived. And these are very, very high volume restaurants selling $1.49 chili dogs, fresh fries, and, you know, our own cheese sauce. Um, so it was kind of interesting. And, you know, my, my putting my development hat on it, you know, because it's so simple, uh, you know, I look at this as a, a really uh, a good solution for, you know, there's a lot of multi-unit franchisees out there. I remember when I was chief development officer at Popeyes and Arby's Inspire Brands, we always had some kind of dead real estate. It's like, what do you do with it, right? So I, I, I believe that our opportunity for a hot dog shop is to be a replacement franchise for a piece of real estate that somebody has that they're being required to do $850,000, remodel. It just doesn't make sense. And you've got non-competes to deal with. So it's kind of like, what do you do? Do you put in an Italian, con you, know, you find a local Mexican guy, a local pizza guy, or a local Chinese restaurant? And what are you going to get, 40 or 50 grand in rent? I mean, I've just seen that so many times in my career that I think that this type of a concept will, will be a good, you know, a good solution for that type of a situation. Mm-hmm. So your so your idea is that it would be sort of like an, an an extra concept for somebody looking for a real estate solution. Absolutely, this is you know we're we're the the first deal we're looking at is um, you know I'm sure you've reported on the you know, there's quite a few Burger Kings who are closing because Burger Kings uh, you know it's a really you know great concept, long established, very successful, but you know for locations that have been around for forty years and you've got to do a nine hundred fifty thousand dollar remodel and you're doing you know, million two, it, that doesn't pencil, you know, but if it's an operating restaurant and now, you know, it closes, sometimes the franchisee, you know, their license expires and they're on a master lease with 67 other locations. And now they've got a piece of real estate that what are you going to do with it? Right. So, you know, um, up in your part of the woods, I don't know if you remember more than a decade ago, we, uh, when I was at, uh, Popeye's as chief development officer, there was a large group of Kentucky Fried Chicken restaurants. Do you remember this that went bankrupt? That is my favorite. That might be in thirty years the favorite, my favorite story. 
Yeah, that was that was kind of fun. So, but you know, here there's what I can't I don't even remember the number, 32, 38. Yeah. And and we took these restaurants, this is over a decade ago. We took these restaurants, which were red fried chicken restaurants, and we converted them into orange fried chicken restaurants. And a decade ago, that cost eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars to make that conversion. Yeah. And um, you know, we're looking at this Burger King. We think our budget right now is less than three hundred fifty thousand dollars to convert it to a new concept. Mm-hmm. Um, so we think that this is a replacement for, you know, if you're a multi-unit guy and, and you've got something that, you know, if your choice is spend nine fifty or close, there's now a third choice, right? It's, you could put hot dog shop in there. And most of these restaurants, based on my experience as a development guy, most of these locations that don't make sense to convert or to do the big remodels on are kind of in declining markets. And that's who our customers. Youngstown's a great market and the people are wonderful, but it's not a very wealthy market. So this is a market where, you know, our, our customers, they don't wake up, shower and go to work. They go, you know, they wake up, go to work and they shower when they come home. I don't, I'm not saying they're all working in construction and, you know, manufacturing plants, but these are people who work for a living, right? They're, you know, they're HVAC techs, they're nurse practitioners, that they, they have jobs where they have to work and, you know, they're employed. And, you know, they know the value of a dollar and then they're, you know, they have families. So, you know, we, we have a, we have a, a family meal, Jonathan, where we sell for $19.99. We sell eight chili dogs, two large fries and four drinks for $19.99. And because it's back to school and people are spending a lot of money this month, we're doing a special $16.99. I mean, that's what one person pays at Chipotle. I mean, it's a, it's a great product, but, you know, our customers aren't, they aren't going to Starbucks, not going to Chipotle. You know, uh, you know, for them, Chick-fil-A is kind of a special treat nowadays. You know, these, these canes, uh, our, our customers, you know, they, they're working. Mom and dad are working. And, and these markets where it doesn't make sense to convert those restaurants are those markets that are kind of fit with us. I mean, that's the place where the, you know, it's their 40-year-old markets and things have moved a little bit. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to ask you uh, about that here in a second. But I want to, before a uh, little interlude to sort of give people context of what we were talking about, that was the situation and uh, the, the Popeye's uh, KFC situation here in my market, Minneapolis, was the Wagstaff bankruptcy. Uh, that was a, the KFC franchisee that filed for bankruptcy and Yum Brands at the time was balking at every sale process to the point that... Um, it uh, frustrated the court so much that they approved what was considered a lesser deal at the time to sell to Popeyes because there was an a, a, it came with more assurances that the deal would actually be complete. Um, and the court did not trust Yum Brands at the time. I think it was 2011, 2012. Yeah, right. 2000, yeah, something like that. And KFC still hasn't actually fully recovered in this market. Uh, a little bit more than a decade later, and and Popeyes has basically taken it over, which was 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 fascinating. And yeah, I mean the many of these locations that Popeyes moved into were tended to be a little bit lower income. Uh, as far as I know, they're 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 doing great. Um, they're doing great here still in that market, and shows you what you can do in situations. Yeah, I mean, and if you look just recently. You know, we had the Tom's King situation, which is, you know, unfortunately, some of these franchisees are in a situation where just things aren't working out. Right. And so, you know, the, you know, the franchisor wants to bring their brand to a certain standard and, and franchisees that just financially, that's just not viable. Right. So, you know, in Tom's King situation, you know, most of the restaurants got purchased by other 
Burger King franchisees who were, you know, and, and what ends up happening is there's a handful of units that kind of get flushed out. Now, some of those units, you know, those, they're going to become a Starbucks. They're going to become a Chipotle. They'll become uh, Slim Chickens or, you know, you know, Arby's or Popeye's. But there's going to be some of those where it just doesn't make sense. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of these, uh, you know, these steak and shakes are being, you know, like, you know, there's, there's investors trying to sell them for a million seven, right? I mean, in today's market, that's actually not a bad deal to get a convertible property, but some of them just aren't going to work, right? So, you know, I would say that uh, I could probably very confidently make the statement, Jonathan, that there are in the hundreds of thousands of franchise restaurants in America, there are probably less than 17 franchise agreements that have a hot dog non-compete. I don't know how many AW franchises are left, right? <laughs> Nobody has a hot dog non-compete. I mean, if you're a multi-unit guy, you probably have a Burger King or a Wendy's. You probably have a you know, a Canes or Slim Chickens or a Popeyes or a KFC, you probably have a pizza concept. So in your market, there might be somebody when your restaurant is forced to do, a, you know, a major remodel of, you know, over 750, you probably have a non-compete. You can't do those things because they're already in the market. So, we're, you know, you can't go to a new brand, but that's why we think we're a pretty good fit. And we're, you know, we're clearly a second or I would say even third generation space uh, solution because it's, you know, it's simple. And, and the other thing too, this business done properly, Jonathan, is fun, right? And we have a lot of, these restaurants are a lot of fun to, to run. People love them. They have a great time. And, you know, it's, it's um, you know, it's been a, it has not been all, uh, all, all easy. It's been, you know, definitely a struggle. But we're at this point right now where I've got, um, you know, our first licensee is a fellow named, you know, Marty Roch is a very successful real estate developer. He happens to own the real estate that the Burger King is on. And it's, you know, and it's closing. So, you know, we went to college together. Um, he, his wife and I all went to college together. He's like, actually, it's kind of an interesting story. If, if you're a college football guy, one of our mutual friends is Jimmy Knowles, who's the, uh, I'm getting into the weeds here. He's the offensive or the defensive coordinator for Ohio State. Yeah. And Marty's like, gee, what do I do this thing? And Jimmy's like, Voiny bought hot dog shop. It's a huge institution in Ohio. You need to do a hot dog shop. So I got to give Jimmy a shout out there for, for getting my first deal done. But I mean, we're in the planning stage right now, and uh, we, you know, we believe that we can we get possession, you know, in a little bit more than a month, and we believe that this conversion can actually be open by mid December. You know, mm -hmm. it's kind of like as a as a chief Dalton officer, you get these guys come up to me. It's like, hey, I want to do this conversion. It'll be paints and signs. I'll do it for like sixty or eighty grand. <laughs> I mean, we're actually going to be doing paints and signs, and you know, and you know, the, the Burger Kings, you know, they, they've all, you know, Burger Kings done a nice job keeping their restaurants modernized. What they're trying to do now is completely modernize them for the new technology and everything. And that's just significant. If you have a mansard roof, I mean, that's a major construction project with requiring significant permits and closure. So, I mean, we're, you know, their dining rooms are all seating concepts, dining rooms. I, my trade dress, the brand layer, I'm just, my designers are adjusting the colors to fit the seating package, you know? And we just have to make sure we can work under the hoods and we, you know, Burger King hoods work pretty good for us. So um, it's going to be kind of interesting. I'll invite you down to Florida in December. I know you're going to have a hard time wanting to leave, you know, Minnesota because, I mean, the ice fishing gets really good right then. And you can have your little shack out on the lake, right? I don't ice fish. I don't see the point. <laughs> well, I don't uh, um, No, I'm not that much of a fish uh, fisherman that I want to. Yeah that I want to sit out on a frozen lake. Yeah. Uh, you come down. So, I mean, you know, what we're going to do is, you know, Marty's my first guy. And I, I guess really the news for you is that I'm, you know, the first 10 area developer guys, they're going to get the deal. Right. And I can tell you as the chief development officer, I've spent decades of my career unwinding the founders area developer deals. Cause like, 
you know, 10, 15 years later, they become really expensive. And those are the guys that they make out the best. So, you know, there's area developers out there. They know what this is and this is what they're doing. And I'm going to do 10 of them. And those guys will get, you know, the kind of the best friend pricing. We'll do special deals and, you know, we'll just focus on conversions. Right. All right. Cool. So you, so you're targeting, so you're targeting basically a lower income consumer. Why is that a market you feel uh, will work for the chain over the long term? Well, first off, you know, we're, where we are in Youngstown, our, our, you know, our best locations are in these, I would call them kind of uh, marketplaces that are, let's call it stressed, right? Sure. You know, we, we, we have a location that was open in 1960 in a little town called East Liverpool, Ohio, which if you're an old restaurant guy, Hall Ceramics, Hall China, which was all the restaurant diner China, you know, all the China's made their uh, fiesta ware is made in East Liverpool. But this is a town that in the 60s had like a population of 30 or 35,000. It's now 9,000 people. And I'm not talking like 9,000 people, you know, outside of, you know, Minneapolis. I'm talking 9,000 people on the Ohio River and across the river is West Virginia, right? There's nothing around it. And we do, you know, over $2 million in sales there. It's like everyone in town eats at our restaurant like a couple of times a week because it's, you know, it's a really good value and people are pressed for time. So we have that value consideration. It's kind of a, like a dumbbell strategy where we have this great value. So you can bring your kids in there for $1.49 to get them a hot dog or we get a grilled cheese sandwich. Um, and but we also have a great burger. We got a great chicken sandwich. We've got great chicken tenders, but hot dogs are 50% of our sales and French fries are, you know, probably another 30 or 40%. So we sell like two or 3% here, you know, but we have that opportunity. So it's kind of like how Culver's got its start in, you know, in rural Wisconsin, where it was kind of an opportunity for people to get a full meal and not have to pay a large tip to, you know, somebody at Applebee's. So, you know, we do real well for that value consumer, but the food quality, it's, Jonathan, it's crazy. The food quality is dynamite. It is so good. These are literally the best French fries you'll ever have. They're so good because they're so fresh and crispy. And the, and the beef tallow, we fry them in beef tallow. It's the gold standard. And, and you know, no one can do that as, at the scale. And, you know, and we're doing it. And it's yeah. just the food's dynamite. Right, right. So, um, um, so how, how could you take, you know, so, but it's an institution, I guess, in Ohio. Right. Where these locations are. How are you going to make that institution work for, uh, so working class folks in, in, in Youngstown, Ohio, uh, and make it work uh, for working class folks in Florida? Yeah. So what we've done is we've taken kind of the, the, the brand, kind of the, the heart of the brand, and what we've done is we've just we've been very respectful of the history of where we've come from, and we just kind of modernized that. So everything we have is kind of being respectful of where we were, but still taking it and going forward. So it's still, I mean, from an operational standpoint, a technology standpoint, a very modernized brand, but it has just kind of a great feel to it, uh, and and that's what's you know been pretty successful. For us. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? You probably will get uh, plenty of you know plenty of people who theoretically know about it because from what i can tell there are more people who live who used to live in ohio and now live in other states particularly in the south than currently people who live in ohio what i would say though jonathan is um the the when we were talking about the repositioning of arby's mm. we said the roast beef segment is like you know 0.6 percent of the qsr market and, 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 you know, what Paul Brown and his team was very successful at doing is, you know, what we did at Arby's, we re-identified ourselves not as roast beef, but as meat, 
Yep. Right. I would say that the hot dog segment is probably 0.5%. And interestingly enough, Arby's was founded in Youngstown. Kind of a small how the, how the role all comes together. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we are driving, you know, we're, we're basically a broad spectrum QSR concept with a great value proposition. So from a, tr- from a marketing perspective, our trial component is this great value $1.49 chili dog, which is like a fresh, you know, it's nothing like a, a dog at the ballpark where they've got all these, you know, it's, it's, this is like the bun is freshly steamed. It's hot. And it just tastes dynamite and food's really good, but we have a great burger and we have a great fish sandwich. And, you know, our fish sandwich is $5.99, but it's a, a cod tail, right? It's a, it's a great fish sandwich. You know, our burger is a normal burger price, but it's a great burger. And we also have, you know, a, um, a DeRusso Italian sausage. It's kind of a, you know, Youngstown's an old Italian city. We got a great Italian sausage. So, the, the the kind of the hook to get people in are the the you know the dollar forty nine value so we have value proposition, but also the fries are fries you can't get anywhere else. So our you know our biggest sellers are chili cheese fries, you know our you know the family says you know they claim to be the originator of chili cheese fries uh, in the nineteen sixties. They say they're the first people to ever do it. I you know I I can't document that, but these are like the guys that actually did. He said we were the first people to put chili and cheese on the fries. No one else had ever done that before. I can't make that claim because I can't really prove it. But you know our chili cheese fries are just dynamite. So the food quality is extraordinarily good, and we have a little bit of a treat program, not like Culver's, you know, not like you know Freddy's custard. We do ice cream, and so we've got. But our you know our, we use a six percent shake, so it's this extremely high quality shake. Um, and we sell you know like we probably sell three thousand shakes a month. Um, and they're dynamite. They're really good. And so while, while we have that value, like I said, the food quality is really good. And, and we're going to find out in Florida uh, if this translates well. But, um, you know, I, I think the, the consumer is stressed on a pricing perspective. And this gives us that opportunity to kind of get them in for trial. And then we trade them to the other products. Mm-hmm. What, uh, why did you want to buy a brand? You know, I, I've, I've always started on the brand side. If you remember, I had Bridgetown Grill, which is a, you know, major award-winning concept that, you know, Darden had a really similar concept. I'm not saying they copied my concept, but some of my made up names of product on my menu have ended up on their menu. But, you know, I mean, I've always enjoyed that. At Popeye's, I was part of the team where we made Popeye's chicken and biscuits. We moved to Popeye's Louisiana kitchen, right? So it's something I've always enjoyed. And, um, you know, I, I, you know, I like working with franchisees. We've always tried to make things work for the franchisee. That's always been my, you know, my philosophy. And I think that this is something that can solve the problems of a lot of the franchisees that I've known over the years. And when I get close to them, you kind of see what their problems are from a business perspective. And as a business owner now, Jonathan, I'll tell you that um, I actually, I was a really bad operator. I'm, I'm still not a great operator. I've become a much better operator. And, you know, I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm running a business now. So I kind of, uh, I have a much better appreciation. I've always appreciated what they were going through, but now I'm living it. So, that's the main thing is, is I believe that there's an opportunity for a lot of these major franchisees or even, you know, the smaller franchisees that have multiple locations and one of them just isn't working out for whatever reason for the brand. And, and you need a solution that you can afford. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have to learn any anything different when you when you took something like this on? Yeah, I had to kind of relearn operations. Right. So I'm, I'm you know, we're deep in the weeds. I've got a great operator. His name's Alex Rodriguez. He's extraordinarily uh, um talented guy like dynamo he wears me out he's just awesome and uh you know together we're getting these things done i've, I've been really blessed to have some really great people you know I've, I've i've been real lucky in my life to be able to identify some real talented folks and um 
you know, recruit them and, and help develop them. And I've got a great, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, young woman, single mom who's ran on the workforce, Stacy Willis is a great marketing person. So I think I've got this great team and it's been a lot of fun. So, you know, running a business is, is very much different than when you're, I mean, my budget at uh, Inspire Brands for development is larger than my revenues just for my development team. My budget's larger than my entire company revenues. So you have to do things, you know, you, you, you know, you have to watch every literally. I mean, I know what it's like, the, you know, franchisees, you're watching your bank balances every day and, you know, how much cash do you have on hand? And, you know, in this uh, interest rate environment, Jonathan, it's become extremely difficult because smaller companies, all you have access to is SBA. And that's, you know, that, that's all variable rate financing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, tougher financing in the end. All right. So tell me a little bit about your development career. How long did you did you do you work in development for restaurants? So, um, you know, I start off, uh, you know, I, I think uh, I don't know if you remember, Jonathan, but, you know, my mom and dad are immigrants. Right. So, uh, you know, my my mom, I had two brothers, Nick and Denny, and my mom used to tell the three of us, you know, boys, you know, because they you know, came from Serbia in the 50s. And they say, boys, in America, you can be anything you want, even president. Just don't go in the restaurant business. <laughs> you know, we're third generation. My mom, you know, grew up in the restaurant business. Her father, you know, my grandfather owned hotels and restaurants in Belgrade. And uh, so, you know, my brothers, Nick and Denny, all three of us were in the restaurant business. And so I started off in operations. I mean, my first my first job, not working for my mom, her reaching into her pocketbook and giving me some quarters or a dollar, you know, was working as a, a washing dishes and making pizzas, pizzas for Grandma Bellissimo at the Penn Monroe Bar and Grill. I got that job from my older brother, Nick. He had it before me. And the Penn Monroe is still there on Route 22 in Monroeville outside of Pittsburgh. So I started at 13, you know, and then, I, you know, um, I, so I started in operations. My first development job was, you know, interestingly enough, uh, at Arby's. Uh, you know, my, my oldest brother, Dijon, and I started uh, National Restaurant Brokers in 88. I then went to work for Arby's uh, as their director of new ventures. And so I started then. I tried my hand at my own brand with uh, Bridgetown Grill, I think like in 95 or 96. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up getting back into the business. And, and um, you know, I think, you know, my, you know, the, the job that I really enjoyed probably the most was at Popeye's. And I and, uh, started there kind of before the Lehman collapse. And, um, you know, Cheryl Batchelder was my CEO, but she actually was not CEO. She was part of the the board that selected me to be the head of development, you know, she proved my hire, um, you know, and I was there for most of a decade at, at Popeye's and we changed uh, Popeye's from Popeye's Chicken and Biscuits to Popeye's Louisiana Kitchen, which was, you know, a really dynamic brand. And, and it was a lot of fun. We did, you know, it was a great time. We, we grew that concept during my time there from, I think, 1,048 restaurants uh, to about 2,200. And um, uh, I was exposed to some great people there and really enjoyed that. Then I went to Arby's as the chief development officer. I was at Arby's uh, and then Inspire Brands. I was employee number six of Inspire Brands. So, you know, that was almost five years. And, you know, uh, now I'm doing this. So it's a much smaller scale. Um, it's kind of without a safety net, right? Um, so, you know, there is, you always have to worry about that. Uh, but it's very rewarding. And, and, you know, like I said, it's enough of a learning experience. I like to get an earning experience, right? So, mm -hmm. but I think we're at that point now where we're ready to kind of take hot dog shop you know, the, the, these, this brand to the next level. Yeah. How do you know when a brand is ready to take it to the next level? Um, so we have, I have something that I can replicate now, right? That's the whole, you know, so, you know, the whole, the whole foundation of franchising is being business for yourself, not by yourself. Right. So when I bought the business, there were, you know, the restaurants had slightly different names, 
um, they had slightly different service styles. The, the original restaurant was counter service and table service. Like we actually have tipped servers. Uh, the second restaurant was had a drive-through and counter service. Um, the third restaurant has drive-through counter service and table service. So they're all slightly different service styles, right? They had a commissary, which is, you know, you hear the word commissary, no one wants to deal with that. So I've had to, you know, I, I, I've resolved the commissary by we have our chili sauces now made under contract. So we've got a great, I have my own, you know, so we have that settled. We do our fries in-house. They used to cut the fries in one place. And they'd ship them all around and the quality was just not very good. Same thing with the cheese sauce. They had cheese sauce made in a factory and brought in. So now we have the cheese sauce in-house. So the quality is there. So we now have something that if you wanted to open it up in, in Minneapolis to one of these KFCs that didn't get converted to a Popeye's, you could you could do that now, right? We have a brand design that's kind of ties back to our 1946. We were founded in 46. So we have a brand a brand layer that ties back to that. We have a, a culture and a philosophy of how we operate our business. You know, our, our mission statement is very, we have a very broad mission statement, Dave. Our goal is to make your day a little better. Hmm. We're not trying to cure cancer. We're not, you know, solving global, global warming. So when you come in, we want your day, we want you to go out just having a little bit better day than when you came in. That's, you know, this, we're not trying to transform people's lives with, you know, farm to table food or organic this, which is like, we want you to have, we want you to feel better when you leave than when you came in. And, 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 and that's what, that's what this business is all about. All these great things people are trying to, you know, change whatever one person at a time, you know, I think that's a little bit much, but when you have that ability, kind of take it like, so this Burger King we're converting in like less than three weeks, we've already got, you know, design layout, everything's all ready to go. So, you know, my, my big concern is what are we not using? <laughs> what have we forgotten? And, and, you know, fortunately for me, I've got the contacts. I've got a fellow, Don Ford is a really experienced con, uh, construction leader. He was a VP at a construction at Arby's. He's going to do some project management for us. We haven't signed a contract with him. So I'm going to get Don in trouble there, but he'll help us with the project management. He's not going to, you know, we don't need him to do site visits because I can do that. Um, and um, we have the equipment all figured out. My, my operator, we have the operations all figured out. But the other thing too, Jonathan, is that the concept is so simple to execute. It's just crazy how simple this is to execute. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, we can train, you know, an experienced manager, we can train them in seven to 10 days. Do you think hot dogs will, uh, people, the Americans are ready for a big hot dog chain? Well, I wouldn't say that Americans are ready for a hot dog chain. I mean, there is wiener schnitzel, right? They're doing pretty well. Uh, mm -hmm. I like that you rolled your eyes on that one. But remember, we sell, you know, we, we're broad spectrum QSR, right? So we hot dogs is what brings people in, but it's really the fries are dynamite. We got a great burger. We got a great chicken tender. We got a great chicken sandwich. We have a great fish sandwich. We have a great Italian sausage. So I'm not trying to compete head to head with the better burger concept like Shake Shack, Culver's. You know, I, I, we were talking to Fuddruckers on something, or uh, sorry, uh, Freddy's, and like, oh, you're the same concept. Like, you know, we sell like three or 4% burgers. But, um, you know, it's uh, it's a change of pace. You know, uh, we're finding we do uh, tailgates and catering now. And there's only so much pizza you can do, only so many subs you can do, only so many Chick-fil-A chicken tender platters you can do. So, you know, people are looking for a change of pace. And while, you know, there's these great fast casual, you know, polished QSR brands, you know, people are getting priced out of this market. There's a lot of pressure on it. So we do feel that there's a spot for us. When you when you do a conversion and it costs you three or three hundred fifty grand, you know that's our first one, right? We don't have to touch the bathrooms, the dining room. We're just doing paint, wallpaper, and signage because we can adjust our image to fit the current 
seating package. Um, you know, to build a new restaurant today is going to cost you, you buy the real estate and it's for improvements are going to cost, you know, two to $2.5 million. So you buy a decent piece of real estate, you're in a million, you know, you're three and a half, $4 million. So when you're looking at brands like Culver's, which what's Culver's AEV now, four, eight, something like that. I mean, you need to do it, right? I mean, that's a big restaurant. Um, you know, if you're doing a million five, million six, you know, you, it's it's really hard to build a new restaurant. It's just, yeah. um, <laughs> it is, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it takes you a lot more revenue. By the way, one uh, last comment, if I might, I'm going to get myself into more trouble with various people on this one today. Yeah, you mentioned that your fries are better than in and out. It's not really saying much. Um, I'm not going to comment on that at all because I think In-N-Out is a much more successful organization than I, I will be or have ever I been. I can comment on it all day. The burgers are delicious. The fries. There's just something about them that they're just like, you know. It's not there. Not, 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 they don't do it for me. Yeah. I, uh, just for the record, I'll throw that in there. Greg, this was wonderful. Really appreciate you joining me this week on the podcast. Thanks, John. I appreciate you inviting me. And that should do it for this week's episode of A Deeper Dive, which was edited, as always, by Kimmy Spoons Kazmarek. Artwork by Nico Hines. You may find this and other episodes of the podcast on our website at www.restaurantbusinessonline.com backslash article backslash deeper dash dive. You may also subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I'm Jonathan Mays, your host, podcast producer, and the editor-in-chief of Restaurant Business. Thank you for listening. 